This is episode number 35 with my longtime cowgirl friend, Casey Holton of Wetumpka, Alabama. We talk about finding your princess identity amidst all the worldly titles that we each carry. And if y'all enjoy this episode, please be sure to leave us a review, like, share with a friend, give us a shout out on social media. y'all and welcome. You're listening to the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Dakota Dawn Johnson, small town cowgirl with Southern roots, blazing a trail as a Midwest ranch wife, mama, and businesswoman. The mission of Cowgirl Confessions is to share the wonderfully wild and Western life stories of cowgirls from all walks of life. We'll talk about the highs, the lows, and everything in between when it comes to navigating careers, cowboys, kids, and cattle. Legendary cowgirl Dell Evans said it best, Cowgirl is a pioneer spirit, a special brand of American courage. The cowgirl faces life head on, lives by her own lights, and makes no excuses. Cowgirls take stands, they speak up, they defend the things they hold dear. A cowgirl might be a rancher, a barrel racer, a bull rider, or an actress, but she's just as likely to be a checker at the local Winn-Dixie a full-time mother, a banker, an attorney, or an astronaut. If you're into wet saddle blankets, talks with God, buckets full of laughter, and the life lessons learned in the process, kick off your boots and settle in. I pray these stories encourage, empower, and give you just the leg up you need. Here's to embracing the cowgirl state of mind, no matter how wild and western life may get along the way. Welcome to another episode of the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. It is such a treat this morning to get to sit down and visit with one of my longtime friends, y'all. This gal and I have known each other since back in like our horse show saddle club days. Um, I mean, you talk about somebody that that's known you through all phases of life from from there to junior high school, college rodeo, marriage, babies. Um, you know, it's just been such a a wonderful friendship over the years. And now that we're both in this chapter of, um, you know, being wives and moms and trying to do all the things and raise our kids in this Western lifestyle that we were both blessed enough to grow up in. Um, I am so excited for y'all to meet Casey Holton, um, a good friend of mine from Alabama. Casey, thanks for being with us today. Oh, girl, I am super excited um, to be here and honestly, just uh, very humble uh, that I get to, you know, hang out and chat with you and um, all the things. Uh, I'm just thrilled to have you here. And were you just having flashbacks to Emerald Mountain Saddle Club days? Because I did when I did that intro. Girl. And I'm like Oh, the, the memories, um, you know, on the ponies and the personal pickup races and all just all the stuff that, you know, cakewalks, feed walks, the the good stuff. I'm like, was Oreo (laughs) the little black and white pony of yours? Yeah. Cause that is like the picture in my head that I have. Yeah. Um, I I will ever remember your mom um Miss Celia shout out to you this is gonna 
well, it's going to date all of us, but basically <laughs> the first like barrel racing clinic I ever went to, um, I had just moved up from Oreo, the Shetland pony to this like 15, two big, um, Appaloosa gelding. And this is when the magic seat was just coming out. And like, yes, I didn't, I didn't need the magic seat necessarily like to, you know, strap me in. I think that's a concept people have conflicting, you know, views on, but anyway, basically Miss Celia had a magic seat there. She shared it with us at that clinic and it made such a difference in my confidence level um, over the weekend. Cause I went from this little pony to this just really big strided horse. And um, then at the end of the clinic, not only had I gotten the magic seat, but I ended up winning like getting voted on for like most improved rider and my mom I get so tickled thinking about this because they gave it was at a Terry Bearden barrel racing clinic and they gave away like a sheet that was monogrammed a, a new horse sheet you know um yes and I didn't used to like make my bed as a kid and then my mom said that like I started making my bed so I could put that sheet at the end of it like as a blanket <laughs> And so, anyway, I, I know I'm getting on a rabbit trail already this morning, but I just have the best memories of us growing up there. And I'm so thankful because your mom and dad were a big part of making sure that saddle club, you know, and all those shows actually happened. So, well, and it's funny that you talk about that because, like, I so remember vividly, like, your mom in the arena. Um, I feel like it was one of those things where we had like these adoptive parents um that it didn't really matter whose kid you were like you just were you know you had three or four moms and if you needed something they were always there you know like your mom helping me in the gate or um I laughed because I'm pretty sure it was your mom who uh, coaxed me into the arena while my mom was actually running barrels, um, <laughs> basically just to imitate what my mom was doing when I was running. <laughs> so I remember my mom like turning the third barrel and I'm standing in the gate, like yelling and all the things. And your mom is cracking up just because like, it really was just an imitation yeah. of, you know, what life was like and what all those things look like so it's just yeah it's so funny looking back on all that um and just a really cool time to be able to um say that we were able to do that yeah it it puts it in a whole different perspective once you know we're where we're at now and we have children and thinking about how we want to invest and Lord knows it, it wasn't about the, the ribbons or the money we want or anything like that. Um, but just memories we've been able to carry with us through our whole life. And so um, I, there are so many things I feel like I could say about you and um, give you this big intro, but I want people to hear it from you, Casey. So let's, let's let the listeners in on just kind of more about yourself and, and where you're at in this chapter of your life. I feel like it's one of those things that, you know, you always have an evolving uh, story and that has definitely been evident over the last, you know, two years or so. Um, 
so when I came home from college, I kind of, you know, got into the work thing and had a couple of jobs. So, you know, I worked at a nonprofit and then I worked at a veterinarian's office and then I went to work at a doctor's office. Um, and then I decided to have three kids um, in five years. So that kind of changed the game a little bit. Um, and about a year after our third, I just felt like the daily grind of getting up, getting all three ready, um, trying to get to work and do all the things was just super taxing. Um, insert that my husband was a firefighter. Um, and instead of working like a regular 24-hour shift, he actually worked 48-hour shifts, um, about two hours from home. So he was gone in the mornings on the days that he had to work and was gone for a full two days and didn't come home until about lunch, you know, on that third day. Uh, so there was about this two and a half day period every week that I was basically a single mom. Now, don't get me wrong, living in close proximity to my parents and his parents and, you know, all that was a huge help and it was fine. Um, but it just got to the point where it felt like it was more work and I really just couldn't see the end result like what like why was I doing that mm -hmm. um so we had kind of talked about it and honestly Lance my sweet husband had been telling me like I don't know that he was really wanting me to go back to work after we had our third child but I did because that's what you do um you know like that's how I was raised that's what my mom did and I'm like if I can say so myself I turned out okay <laughs> yeah um you know so that's what I did um and like I said a year after that it was just kind of crazy so long story short um I decided that for a season I was going to come home um and just kind of take care of my kids well when that decision was made, because it's something that we really prayed about and really considered, um, you know, what the Lord was leading me to do. Um, I left my job in July. My oldest was supposed to start kindergarten in August. So not only did I leave my job, I decided I was going to homeschool my kindergartner. And then Lance actually ended up being kind of an interim pastor for a local church. So there has just been some craziness go on. And in all of that, um, my sweet grandmother, who was in assisted living at the time, uh, just wasn't doing, just wasn't happy. Um, you know, and it's hard to watch that when, you know, you go visit and 
I mean, she was good and well taken care of and all that, but you could just tell she wasn't happy. Um, and my mom being the very go-getter that she is kind of came to Lance and I and wanted to know if we would be willing to move into her house and there's like a small I guess you would consider it like a guest house on the property um so she could move into the smaller house and we would somewhat be able to quote unquote take care of her but really just be around when she needed something Mm -hmm. um so that's what we did like we kind of set some things up in the house got her house renovated got her moved out of assisted living so it was just kind of about six or eight months I went from working full-time to being at home homeschooling my child and also taking care of my elderly grandmother um so yeah my roles have definitely changed but you know in all that um the Lord has just really I think glorified and affirmed all of those decisions um so that's kind of been our life in a nutshell for the last year, year and a half. Um, and then just recently, Lance has left the fire department and is now a full-time pastor. Um, so I've now taken on the role as pastor's wife. <laughs> so, so many um, titles, so many changes, you know, so many hats that you're wearing and uh, when you were talking about your grandmother just then, I just have the fondest memories. It didn't matter what time of day it was or when I would be at y'all's house, you know, we'd go across the pasture and like, she always had something sweet. Like you could always count on her for having cookies or pound cake or something like ready. And <laughs> I mean, I got a sweet tooth, always have had one. And so I was like, yes, like, we're, we're not eating any Nutri-Grain bars today. We're going, we're going to grandma's house. Yes. Well, it's funny because like I'm sitting in my kitchen and on my cake plate, um, I actually have a pound cake. Yes. Um, because it was one of those things that when we kind of moved out here, like I was doing all the cooking and all that stuff. So I'm like, I had to take up like I always needed a pound cake or cookies or something because it never fails. She always wanted to know, well, I mean, if you got anything sweet over there. <laughs> um, so, you know, it was a daily, she would come sit and have coffee or, you know, with our pound cake or cookies or whatever. So yes, you're spot on with that. Her and her sweet tooth. Yes. Um, I, I love how you said, you know, as you were sharing all the, the different changes that you've had in the past, you know, year and really just kind of the evolution of your, your story of graduating, you know, college and then from this job to that job and then, you know, becoming a mom of three and how you, you just said that God has affirmed and really been glorified through those decisions where you and Lance have you've stepped out in faith. Um, and let's, let's talk more about that, Casey, and what, um, 
you know, what that's really looked like and how, how you've really dealt with it all. Because just one of those changes, um, change is not easy, even when change is good and, and you have a really good feeling about it, but it becomes even more difficult sometimes um, when it's really uncertain. And to your point earlier, you know, your mom, one of the hardest workers I know, I, I grew up with a mom very similar that, you know, went back to work. And um, when you've seen that, you know, you, you, we tend to want to, you know, mirror that. And so when you're stepping into these roles that, you know, are different, even when you feel fully supported by those people in your life, it's still hard. So what, what has all that looked like for you? Um, Honestly, I can remember feeling super confident when Lance and I had a decision, you know, had a discussion and made the decision for me to just come home from work. Um, and then I remember like walking into my parents' house and that confidence was like, I don't know where it went, but I didn't have it anymore. Um, and not because my parents have ever been like super judgmental, like they really have been the most encouraging people um, in life, you know, and they weren't even, I mean, I remember talking to them about it and it was basically a conversation where they were more concerned about our well-being as a family, like Lance and me and the kids, um, than they were like, well, you should go back to work or you need to, you know, like it wasn't that, but um, because we lived so close, like they saw the daily, I don't want to say struggle, but they just saw that daily grind that I was doing. Um, and they knew it was hard and kind of knew what that looked like. So, I mean, I feel like they honestly were great and very cautiously optimistic um, is probably a good way to put that. Um, but now looking back on it, like my mom thinks it's amazing. And, you know, because we made that decision, you know, the Lord provided someone to take care of my grandmother so that she was able to live out her last year at her house, working in her garden or walking around the house or really doing whatever she wanted to do. And, um, just to clarify, like that is my mom's mother. So, you know, she wanted and was so thankful to be able to see that. Um, so, you know, she's been very supportive. My dad's really supportive. And I feel like people, I never want to say judgment, but I feel like a lot of times they just, say things out of concern um which for me I mean you hit it nail on the head a second ago like change is hard you know I remember 
changing jobs when it was my choice and standing in the bathroom mirror going, oh my gosh, I don't think I can do this on like my first day of a new job just because I'm not, I don't love change. I'm very much a creature of habit. <laughs> um, so yeah, there is a lot that has been kind of crazy because then, you know, stepping into the role of like homeschool mom, I'm like, what in the world? Like what? only the Lord can tell you to do something like that. Cause let me tell you, I love my children, but thinking about like teaching them on a daily basis was crazy. Um, but we have seen the benefits of it and, you know, there again, the Lord has just affirmed that um, my sweet, high energy, oldest child um, is benefiting from me being here uh, with her. So, you know, it's been, it's been good. It's been tough, obviously, in some, some aspects. Um, because you think about it, like who you are is something that you kind of ask yourself when you go through every season of life, I feel like. So just looking back, you know, I mean, because we kind of reminisce and it's like for a little while I was like, oh, that's Randy and Celia's daughter. Well, the reason that mattered is because my parents were police officers and I, you know, I'm like, everybody needed to know that my parents were police, mm -hmm, Absolutely, <laughs> you know, because it was like, oh, that's whose daughter that is, or, you know, in junior and high school rodeo, I'm like, I'm the girl on the black and white paint horse, um, because that was just a defining characteristic, um, I was the high school mascot, the high school rodeo queen, you know, all of those things. Um, but in the end, when you really kind of boil down to it, even now when it's like pastor's wife, homeschool mom, all those things are really just titles. And that's something I struggle with um, because I don't. I don't love change and I don't love feeling like someone doesn't agree with my decisions. You know, I'm such a people pleaser mm -hmm. in a lot of ways that it's hard to hear people question like what you're doing and why and, and just all those things. I was reminded not long ago, um, just kind of reading through and, I came across Ephesians 2.10, and it says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, you know, when others doubt, it makes me start to doubt myself, but then you just have to look at it, and, you know, I have to be reminded, like, I am his workmanship. And workmanship is the art or skill of a workman. 
Well, when that workman is Christ, there are no mistakes. And talking to Lance, um, and I'm like in our in our Western terms, I'm like, there is no cold pen in the kingdom of heaven. Mm-mm. Like he created all of us for a purpose. Um, you know, and I feel like we forget that or we question that because I do on a daily basis. Um, because when you look at things like social media, <laughs> for me, scrolling through social media makes me feel inadequate. Only because, you know, people just post their best self for the most part, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are real and post their real life. Um, But, you know, you can get caught in this like trap of like, oh my gosh, her house is always perfect. Or look at her cute kids sitting at this clean table doing all these little crafts and there's not mess anywhere. Meanwhile, I'm standing in a kitchen with like food crumbs all over the floor and you know dishes in the sink all the things and I'm like why can't I just be like that well the answer is is because that's not who God called me to be he called me to be just who I am um those things are titles and you can relate I'm like you were a queen But really, I'm like, the only title that matters technically is like, I'm a princess. And the only reason I'm a princess is because I am the daughter of a king. Mm -hmm. And he's the one who created me and called me to do all the things that I'm doing. Um, So, you know that's just one of those things that we have to or I have to have a daily reminder of uh, when you get into the mundane you know because there are days where I feel defeated when I'm like my kids did nothing but like run chaotic through the house today you know throwing things everywhere and you just feel defeated and not accomplished but when they are being raised by me and I'm here when they fall down throughout the day or you know whatever else may happen uh, they're gonna remember that you know and and it may not always be this way like who knows in two years or tomorrow he may call me back to work or may call me to do something different So it's just sort of, I guess, keeping perspective on, you know, really just knowing that in a season you may have titles that describe what you do, but they don't tell who you truly are. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah, where I am at the moment. Um. 
I can relate and I feel like so many of the listeners can relate too to what you just shared because um, you know, it really boils down to like our, our identity, I feel like is really what kind of ties that all together. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday morning and I, you know, I sent it to you because we knew we had this recording today and it was the Christy Wright show. And any of you guys listening, um, just she's a wealth of knowledge too. I really enjoy listening to, to her podcast, but it was around kind of the same subject. And like you said, Casey, you know, there's going to be different seasons and seasons and the, the calling on our lives is it's ever changing. And so sometimes when we hear people say, you know, what's that calling, you know, on your life and think of it as more of a singular term, like, oh, I have to decide this one thing, this, you know, that I'm going to do. And it's like this big commitment almost issue, I feel like, you know, for me. Um, But then when you really dive into scripture and and think about, you know, what you said um, or what you shared from Ephesians, it's, you know, it's about workmanship and it's about being the person that like God hand designed you to be and like you're constantly you know if we're not growing we're dying and, and so we're not meant we're not meant to stay the same for one we're, we're meant to change we're meant to you know be uncomfortable through that growth but our identity doesn't come from all those titles and it is so so easy like you said to I mean get caught up in that Absolutely. And, you know, remember, you know, when we kind of talked about like doing this podcast, like the first thought that comes to my mind is like, well, I mean, I'm not a cowgirl anymore. Um, You'll you always know, be a cowgirl. <laughs> well, and, you know, that is true. Like, because that is the way he designed me. Like, there is something deep down in the crevice of my heart that I will always be that, you know, but it's one of those things like that self-doubt creeps in. And instead of going, oh yeah, that's going to be so much fun. It's just like, that's your first reaction of like, well, I can't do that. Like, I don't have that title anymore. Um, you know, and I'm like, but there again, like we are just in a season where we have had life going on and that, you know, has not necessarily been at the forefront of our life, but it doesn't change that, you know, obviously we were innately created. Um, I laugh all the time because Lance is one of those guys that can literally pick up a rope that he's not swung in, I mean, months and never misses a beat. And I'm like, you were created for that because not everybody is like that. You know, some people have to work really hard Me. at certain Me. things. <laughs> yes, I, I feel I feel this so much on such a level because my husband is the same way and then I'm like who by the time I actually feel like I figure out get things going good again I'm like oh great it's rained for four days and we don't get to rope or we don't get to do this and then I'm right back at square one because I'm that I'll work real hard and I'll get it done but it is not yes. a natural deal like what you just described 
which exactly. can be really um, frustrating sometimes. So I feel you on that, you know, um, because, you know, we just went through a season. He's like, well, I just don't know. And I'm like, that is who God created you to be. Like, he did not give you that talent to waste. <laughs> um, because there are people that want that talent. And I think if we look hard enough, we all have those little things about us that like, it, you know, there are things that come easier for me than they do my husband or a friend or whoever, but they almost become things that I take for granted and just assume everybody's like that. Um, but really like, it's funny because on my run this morning, uh, one of the songs that I was kind of listening to had a line in it and it was basically like, you have a song written only like on your heart and you're the only one that can sing it because it was created just for you. Um, you know, but we feel like we have to fit in this mold of like, this is what a stay-at-home mom looks like. This is what a mom who works every day looks like. And, you know, in all reality, just because, you know, I've got some good friends that are in the same season that I am, but our lives look totally different. And that's okay because he didn't call me to do my day-to-day -day life like any of my friends um so you know as long as we kind of focus on that and just quit comparing to social media or even close friends you know or taking criticism from others you know because that's that's just a hard thing. And I read a quote the other day and it's like, don't take criticism from a person that you wouldn't ask for advice. Well, I think criticism's way easier to take, but we're very selective about who we would ask like advice from. Um, so that sort of hit hard for me. Yes. Uh, Casey, what are a couple of those practices that you feel like have just been really key in helping you stay grounded? For me, it's easy to get lost um, in kind of the mundane of washing dishes and doing laundry and, and all those things. And I feel like I sort of lose myself, um, which obviously that's where this whole conversation came from is because that is just kind of where I've been. Um, you know, the number one thing is like just staying in God's word because that's literally the handbook and all we need uh, to get through life. You know, limiting my social media has been really big for me. Um, you know, because when you're at home, just kind of milling around taking care of kids, you know, that sort of thing. Like it's easy to get lost in that, you know, and for me that would change my mood completely. Mm -hmm. So like, as 
I never want to say it's like a lack of self-control, but just as like a reminder, like I've set a time limit on my phone. So it goes off and is like, yep, you've reached your limit for today. And, you know, that's just something I have to be like, okay, well, no more for today. Um, So by doing that, I've cut off those influences that, you know, I was letting in um, and those negativities that I was kind of asking to come into my daily life. I have, you know, I had three children in five years. So feeling like myself has been a little bit of a struggle to kind of get back to. And a sweet friend of mine has just been super encouraging. Um, you know, as far as working out and has sort of issued a challenge, you know, and just something to kind of stick with. And it's just one of those things that it really was simple, but, you know, when you have a group of people who are like-minded around you, it's definitely helpful because they're like, hey, did you get your workout in today? Hey, did you drink your whole gallon of water you know, today, and they're not asking because they're judgmental, they're asking because they're moms just like me who struggle with the same things, um, and I have just noticed, like, taking that time for myself, you know, even if I have to get up at 4 30 or 5 o'clock to get it done, um, because I have early risers in my house, that's still my time, and I have found that I needed that because otherwise, you know, it was a struggle because I didn't feel like I had any, I never want to say time to myself because it's not like I want my children to go away. It's just, you know, sometimes if we are not taking care of ourselves, so if we're not reading his word on a daily basis, like, the things that you put into yourself are also the things that come out. So if I'm not putting his word and all the positive thinking and all of those things into me, then when I speak to my children, you know, something other than his word and positive affirmations come out. Um, you know, and it's, it's one of those things. I don't know if you are the same way. Um, and if any of you follow me on social media, then you know, I have a child that literally looks just like me. <laughs> she is your my mini image. Oh, yes. So my mini me, she is my spitting image, um, in more ways than one. So she is almost seven. But I feel like she is like 30 (laughs) when she opens her mouth sometimes. But it's funny because on the days where I'm really good and I've gotten the things that I need to. And I mean, don't get me wrong. We are all going to have bad days because that's life. But I just notice, like when I've had my time and I've been in his word. 
what comes out of my mouth to my children is so much sweeter and so much nicer. So that is what I get in return from my children because they're the same way. The things that you put in them are the things that come out. So when my seven-year-old rounds the corner with her hand on her hip and has something smart to say, all I can do is go, oh my gosh, her mama is literally coming out of her mouth. (laughs) Um, You know, and even my husband is like, oh yeah, mm -hmm, that's you. Like the whole stance, the whole attitude, everything. So, you know, I think we're all like that. And when we talk about um, just surrounding ourselves and taking in such good stuff, it, I mean, that makes a huge difference for me. So I really, really appreciate you sharing it. And um, I, I'm just giggling because I'm thinking about Chancey standing there with her hand on her <laughs> hip. And you do, you have had that stance down since we were about six or seven <laughs> years old. So uh, I can vividly see that. And um it again, we're going to go back down memory lane and um, kind of shift gears here. But through all of, you know, our cowgirl experiences, I mean, you did all the events, Casey, and, um, you know, goat time, breakaway rope and barrels, poles, rodeo queen. I mean, you did it all. And so I love to ask guests, you know, what's the wildest thing that um, you've ever had to patch together with bungee cords, bailing wire, or duct tape. So um, what what's your story today on that? I think the craziest thing that I have probably put together, and I'm sure if I remember correctly, this is when I was at college. Because, um, you know, when you're at college, like, you're just rigging things together. Like, you don't have dad there to, like, fix things. Um, and well, I honestly think, that I tied a head stall together with hay string. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can, I can see that. And, you know, most of us, when, when we were at college, like, you're falling on a budget because, you know, m- mom and daddy might have said, hey, if they're being real generous, like, hey, here's, here's the credit card for some fuel money to get to the rodeo, but it, it wasn't a walk in the park. That, that might have been, you know, the assistance you got. So, um any money not spent on a new head stall that was more money to go down the road and enter somewhere else so well I mean you know and I'm like honestly I think I rode in it a couple of times before like I made a trip home and my dad's like what in the world (laughs) you know better why would you do that why would you keep doing that well Um, you know I'm like my trusty old paint horse I'm like I can ride him in a halter anyway who cares? Hey, string. It'll be fine. <laughs> Definitely. Cowgirl through and through. Um, so Casey, you, um, you know, I, I met you as a cowgirl. That's how we met as kids. Um, and so thankful for our families being part of that lifestyle and introducing us to it so we could meet each other and just, you know, have this friendship um, over all the years. I'm not going to say how yes. many years, all the years <laughs> um, at this point, but what what does the cowgirl state of mind mean to you? I think probably one of the biggest things I think about is just perseverance. Um, you know, my dad was one of the people 
that really spoke a lot into my life growing up. And his saying was, anything worth having is worth working for. Um, You know, and he is the one who sort of pushed me outside of my comfort zone. Because when I started rodeo, uh, like barrels and poles was kind of my thing. And I was like, yeah, I learned to tie goats. Like that was fine. Swinging a rope terrified me. Um, But he was basically like, I mean, if we're going and staying the weekend, like, come on, you need to do something different and add something else. If we're going to be there, you might as well learn to do it. Well, you know, that was something that probably came more natural to me than barrel racing. And now, you know, I love to rope it became one of my favorite events and one of the things I like to do, but it was one of those, like I had to persevere because when I started, I'm like, I had a horse that didn't know anything about roping and I didn't know anything about roping. Um, but you know, he was always just one of those, anything worth having is worth working for. And whether that was learning how to rope or, you know, being satisfied when I went to like nationals as queen, you know, kind of where I finished, um, because you knew that you had put your best foot forward, because if you had practiced and you had tried, then you couldn't really be disappointed, you know, because we know that life doesn't always go our way, um, but if you quit before you really get started, then, you know, you're not, you're not ever going to get anywhere. So that's kind of my, you know, that's really what I think about um, when I think about a cowgirl. Yeah. Perseverance. We definitely one of those cowgirl traits that we all need to, to be reminded of and, and just, um, you know, put on, put on that, that, uh, perseverance every day, no matter what we're tackling in or out of the arena. And so, um, Casey, thank you so much for your time today, just sharing what was on your heart and how can everybody connect with you, um, on just stay, stay in touch. Um, so my Instagram is the Holton five and, on Facebook, you can just look me up and it's, I think, uh, Dixon is actually still in it. So I think it's Casey Dixon Holton and that's on Facebook. So you can find me on those two places. Okay, perfect. Well, um, again, it was just great getting to catch up with you this morning. Um, I I hope you have the best day. Give those babies a hug. Tell Lance I said hello and, and we'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you for spending your time with me on the Cowgirl Confessions podcast. I'm so glad y'all stopped by. If you could take a moment to share this episode and tag us on social media, I'd be happier than a cowgirl and a sea of buy one, get one vintage turquoise. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. New episodes will be released bi-monthly. 
please leave us a review if you feel so led by going to iTunes. Your feedback will really help us breed the idea of grabbing life by the horns with a cowgirl state of mind into women across the globe. Some that may have never even had the privilege to throw their leg over a horse, but could most certainly use the cowgirl state of mind while navigating life. Thanks again, y'all. Until next time, keep pursuing your dreams with that all-go and no-woe mentality. Remember, you're writing a story that's worth saddling up for, sister. 